Welcome back, bookish people. It is your host, Liz, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the E-Reads Podcast, the place where I discuss books, authorship, and all things about the creative process. Closing out season two is Vic Ferrari. He was super fun to have on and really helped show how to engage readers, whether it's from the cover, the marketing, the writing, and I can't wait for you to get to know him. So I'll tell you a little bit about Vic. So he's an author of NYPD, Law and Disorder, Grand Theft Auto, the NYPD's Flying Circus, NYPD Through the Looking Glass, and Dickheads and Debauchery. He is a retired New York City police detective and probably the funniest person you've never heard about. With no formal training or Harvard degree, Vic has managed to carve out a niche in the literary world. When he's not shamelessly promoting his books, Vic is a frequent guest on the nationally syndicated radio show, Sterling on Sunday. So now that you know a little bit about Vic, let's jump into the episode right after this quick ad. Hey, puzzle people. I am here to tell you about Wongo puzzles. They are 100% wooden puzzles. They'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box that is perfect for storage and gifting. Some of the designs include animals, some that look like abstract art, buildings, nature. They have whatever you are into, so definitely check them out. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I loved doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today and be sure to use the promo code EREADSPOD10 to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use the code EREADSPOD10 that's E-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-10 to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Welcome Vic, how's it going? Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Like, I cannot wait to, to talk about your, your stories and all the experience that, that forms your stories. So, but before then, I have what I like to call a bookish question. And so this question is, when you're trying to decide between a book, right? And you're like, ah, I don't know. Do I get it? Do I not get it? Do you look at the cover or the reviews to decide if I'm getting this book? What does it come down to? That's a real. That's a really good question, and and there's two answers to that. So, um, as a reader, right? Um, I guess I'm pigeonholed. I love autobiographies, but my mm. my go-to is organized crime and true crime because of my background working in law enforcement for so long. So, what I tend to do is I, I do I do look at the reviews and. 
What I do is also I look to see if the author is has done any videos. Oh, um, smart views because and, and and that's kind of the second part of my, my my answer. But if I find that person interesting and they can tell a story, chances are their book is going to be interesting and it's going to grab my interest. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm sure ten years ago before we had YouTube and all this other stuff, it was more difficult. But I I basically researched the person to see a if they're credible and were they really in this? Do they really know what they're talking about? And then if again if they if they're interesting i'm probably going to buy the book now as an author right i quickly realize that people do judge a book by its cover <laughs> yeah. and and it's i i like to give the analogy it's the same thing and i don't know if you're old enough to drink cuz you look so young but <laughs> i'm old enough to drink <laughs> okay so when you go into your local and i don't know if they sell wine in connecticut in, in a supermarket but wherever you're going to go purchase a bottle of wine People, if the price is right and the cover sparks their interest, it's either something witty or something funny. Mm. So you're going in, you're going in to buy a bottle of Cabernet. And I remember this once, the name of the wine was called Freak Show. And it had circus performers on it and everything. And I says, you know what? As a gift, I think we were going out to someone's house for dinner. I said, you know what? This would make a nice bottle of wine. And it's an interesting conversation piece. Having said that, I learned as a self-publisher that I want to make my book covers as interesting as possible. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of first-time authors make the mistake of when they're putting their book together, especially self-published, they skimp on the book cover. And you can have the greatest story in the world, A, if the cover doesn't grab someone's interest, and B, if you're not willing to put yourself out there and explain why people should purchase your book, they're not going to buy it. So many tidbits within that. So I'm going to go back to how you said you look up uh, the author and see if they're a good storyteller. And absolutely, like I didn't think about that, but if they are captivating and they're telling good stories in an interview, you can only imagine how that translates to the page. So one, that is amazing. And and I like how you talked about the book cover as a conversation piece, right? Um, and it, that's really interesting, right? You know, you think about it being displayed on a bookshelf or even in your Kindle library and having it be something that's interesting enough to draw the eye. So definitely going to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's um, like I said, it was a process. I, I was so afraid and coming from a law enforcement background, I was so afraid of getting ripped off self-publishing because there's all these right. companies out there that's off of the moon. Give us 5,000, give us 10,000. We're going to do everything for you. And then you hear these horror stories that either A, they own a piece of your book, or B, you don't get the product you really thought you were getting right. for all this money you invested. So I said, I'm going to have to learn this process myself. Mm. And so tell us a little bit about, well, first, tell us, because you have multiple books out. Can you share the different books that you have out in how the, the publishing process has been for you? Sure. So my first NYPD theme book, and I'll show you the cover, it's NYPD Through the Looking Glass Stories from Inside America's Largest Police Department. And that's a behind the scenes look of interesting characters and, and, and people I worked with. So when I, when I went to get this book cover done, I wanted NYPD, I wanted an old time police car on it with the blue background. And on the back, I put a photo of myself in uniform with my dad and then a, a, a brief book blurb. So then my second book, I kind of got. The car would have did it for me, that old timey car. That was the first thing I noticed and my eye went to. 
Right, right. And then my second NYPD book is loaded with crazy stories about things that went wrong. It's the NYPD's Flying Circus, Cops, Crime, and Chaos. So I've got a newer NYPD call, which I didn't really like that color scheme, but whatever. It's what people see nowadays. And I, the book is about the NYPD sometimes appearing to be a circus. So I asked Lover. the company that did it to give me a circus-like theme, and I think that they hit it out of the park. My next book was about auto theft because my expertise, I was a detective in the NYPD's auto crime division for 10 years. So I wrote Grand Theft Auto. And when I was putting the book together, the the, uh, the illustrator was like, well, I don't get what you want. I says, I want a car being stripped by two guys in front of an abandoned building and have them stacking parts off to the side. So the reader gets the idea of, oh, wow, this is about this isn't a video game. This is really about people stealing cars. Uh, NYPD law and disorders got a photo of a cop standing there scratching his head with a car, a police car in an accident and a bad guy running out of the back seat. That's happened. I've seen it. So really? I thought that was funny. And I had them put it on, on, on the book cover. And then my last book, which has nothing to do about the New York city police department is called confessions of a Catholic high school graduate. And it's got a picture of a boy in a Catholic high school uniform, which is me getting chased out of a confessional by a priest which really happened. And <laughs> that's about my childhood growing up in the Bronx and just the craziness when I had to go, when I was forced to attend Catholic high school. Very interesting. So it seems like all of your stories have this, this draw from your past experiences. Are they fantasized? Are they kind of like the real life stories? How would you describe your novels? Well, when I was going to write the NYPD books, the two things I didn't want to do was get anybody embarrassed or divorced. Yeah. So my NYPD books, they're based on actual events, but I changed the names, the dates, the locations, the ranks, the boroughs, so as not to embarrass anybody or I don't want to get sued. So I, I, I changed things around. Um, my Confessions of a Catholic High School graduate, that's my childhood, basically growing up in the Bronx. I... I don't think I could ever write fiction. I write with what I know. Yes. So I was lucky enough to have a career in law enforcement where I saw a lot of crazy things. And that enables me to give the viewer a behind the scenes look of what was going on in that time period. Absolutely. Like, did you always know you wanted to retire and be an author? Like, how did that happen? Oh, not at all. Oh, no, I was bored out of my mind. So <laughs> going 100 miles an hour in law enforcement, I retired after 20 years, relatively young. I was like 41 years old. And I tried a couple of different things. It wasn't for me. And I was bored out of my mind. And friends and family said, you know, you got all these crazy stories. You can tell a story. Why don't you start writing these books? Start, start putting pen to paper or finger to keyboard and put out a couple of NYPD themed books and see where they go. And I just started writing them and people started buying them. And, and here we are on a Saturday morning. It, interesting. Like, you know, just kind of like on the swim and like, how has the publishing part been? Has that been an easy process? Did you self-publish? You know, kind of give us some insight there. Yeah. So as a first-time writer, I, I put my manuscript together for my first book, and I'm like, do I really have the patience to send out my manuscript, right, to multiple publishing houses and wait for a phone call? Right. You know, my background in law enforcement we're always go, go, go. And I'm like, I don't have the patience for this because I, I think I can bring this directly to consumer and have one less partner because what people don't realize right. is 
if you are lucky enough for a major, the pros of going to a major publishing house is yes, they're going to do everything for you, but now you've got a partner. Right. And on top of having a partner, they, they sometimes will tell you change this, do that. Right. It was my baby. I want to, you know, I, I don't want another parent with my book. Um, they do do the marketing, but again, you have a partner, uh, self-publish. Soon as you figure that process out, right. you upload it onto Amazon and you hit the street running. So I learned and like doing these interviews, I, I did not get into writing books to do interviews. I had no intention of putting myself out there, but I quickly realized if I can make myself interesting and I can explain what my books are about, then people will take a chance with their time and hard earned money to pick up one of my books. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's <laughs> amazing tidbits, right? So um, I, I, I self-published a short story and, you know, and listening to different conversations about people who have like literary agents or who go with like a major publisher, it's, you know, everyone gets a little piece of the pie, but then you still are doing a, like a bulk of the work and it could be a slow process. So I definitely hear you as far as like, I just want to go do what I have to do and not have to wait. I don't want to, you know, change my character's names. Like if this is the story, I want to put it out there. So absolutely. Um, is there anything about like the publishing that you don't like? Like there's some people that hate marketing. So like, they're like, okay, I want to go with like a publisher or, you know, is, is there any part of it that you don't like, or have you kind of fell in love with the whole process? I wouldn't call it fell in love with the whole process. I I'll call it, I figured it out. Um, <laughs> What I, what I enjoy about the publishing aspect of it is I, I'm a slow writer, so it takes me about a year, between a year and 14 months, right, to, to get the book out. And by the time I've read through this thing enough times and run it through different software mm -hmm. that I know I'm going to send it off now for a copy, a professional copy mm -hmm. edit, and then a professional proofread, I look forward to that part of the process because now I, I've stopped writing. Right. It's now this is going to someone else. They're going to do it. And then, of course, they kick it back to me in two or three weeks with all the changes to it. And I either have to accept the changes or, or deny the changes. Um, marketing, it can be fun, but sometimes it's overwhelming. Even if you write a really good book and even if it's selling, I call it CPR. You're always breathing life into that thing. And, and, and never never stop trying to figure it out. There's so mm -hmm. many different angles and things to get your book out there. That This is a little tidbit that I just figured out on my own. I create multiple Craigslist ads for my books across the country. Really? So what I'll do is I'll go to Craigslist. I'll go to books for sale by owner. And mm -hmm. I'll put now event because Craigslist will not let you drop a link to Amazon. Okay. But I can upload a photo of my book. I can write a brief description about it. Like I usually will cut and paste the book jacket, which tells you everything you need to know about the book, the price, which is always $10 for a paperback now available on Amazon. And I send that out across multiple cities across the United States. Someone will click on it and they'll go, they can't order it that way, but you just planted a seed and it's free advertising. That is so stinking smart. Absolutely. Do you, do you think your history in law enforcement and the way that you have to kind of like see trends and patterns, do you think that's kind of helped you figure it out? Yeah. And and that's, and that's the couple of words, figure it out because, mm -hmm. you know, you come to a dead end, just, just don't say, don't take no for an answer as long as it's legal. 
you, you come to a dead end, look left, look right, you know, and, and people will always take no for an answer. And I, I never did. So, you know, oh, I, you know, I, you know, I've t- I talked to a couple of people that self-published and their heart really wasn't into it. I mean, you really have to put, you really have to push. So, and what I suggest, like you said, you, you you're published, right? Yes. I would, I would end every one of your podcasts is be sure to check out my short story available on Kindle. And, and here's the link, you know what I mean? Cause if enough people watch your show and they like you, they're going to click on it and they might buy your product. Absolutely. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I think you should. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, I, I like the tidbit about, you know, don't take no, because there there are so many no's sometimes within this industry and you have to be willing to say, okay, if I can't get it here, what's the next step? Where can I go? Where do I pivot? How do I take that? Like yes. you always have to be going. And so absolutely I love that reminder. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your, your latest book and if you have any more projects coming that we should be out looking out for? Well, my latest book, Confessions of a High School Graduate, surprisingly is selling, which I was shocked because I know my NYPD books are going to sell right now. It's true crime and, and you know it's CSI and all these police shows. And all you got to go to YouTube, you have all these ex-mobsters now that have podcasts and they're very interesting. And you have a lot of people in law enforcement that have podcasts, which is interesting. So I said to myself, okay, this is the sweet spot. And now I'm lucky enough to go on these shows and promote these things. But when I wrote my latest book, I knew I was taking a chance because the NYPD stuff I know, as fast as I put it out, it's going to sell. I was a little nervous about this because I know it's almost like you have a favorite band and you go to see them in concert and they're playing this new crap. And you're like, why don't they just stick to the classics, man? You know what I mean? So. But surprisingly, it, the book is selling and I'm getting good feedback on it. I'm writing okay. as we speak another NYPD themed book, which should be out probably by midsummer. I don't have a title for it. That is always if this this a couple of things I struggle with as a writer. It's the book blurb, which is what the book okay. is about. And you yes. think after spending a year, I would know it backward and forward. But for me to explain it to you why you should buy it, I always struggle with. And the title. It's always the title, and I, I have not that that it usually comes to me within days before I have to have a book cover put together. Mm. You know, it, it, it as you're talking, it, you know, um, I know we talked about we were going to talk about colorful, color, colorful stories, but you also have me thinking about being the author and your colorful, colorful story as the author. You know, thinking about your journey because that is part of the process, and so. Very interesting. Um, kind of, it's, like- same, it's the same thing as re- opening of your book, right? So yeah. the book blurb, the book blurb on the back of the book, right? And the and your opening chapter, it's like a movie. You yeah. put a movie on, right? If it's not grabbing your attention in the first four or five minutes, what are you going to do? What Turn it off. Is, you move on, and it's the same thing, right? When someone's going to go online and check out a book blurb about your book, or I always make, I forget what it is with Amazon, the first 15% of the book I make free. Because I'll be willing to put myself out there. A lot of people like, no, they're paying for it. It's like, no, they might not buy it. So give them that first 15%. Another mistake authors make is with their books, they tend to keep the really good stuff in the back of the book and no one's going to get to it. I always like to I always like, I call it like punching somebody in the nose. I want to get your attention in the first couple of minutes that you'll go, 
oh man, this is going to be a wild ride. I got it. Like my book, um, NYPD Law and Disorder. And it opens up the chapter, the opening chapter of that book is embarrassing moments. And every author likes to paint themselves as a hero. I write a chapter about some things that I look like a complete jackass as a cop, you know, like I'm in the bathroom, a public men's room and and I got my pants down to my ankles and a bunch of teenagers come running into the bathroom. They run into the next stall and one of them is trying to grab my gun belt. No. I jump up, my pants fall to the ground and I'm fighting this kid to get my gun back, my gun belt back. So Someone reads that in the first couple of stories, like, what the hell is this? Like, this is you're hooked really- already because now you got to figure out what other stories are in. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, such a great reminder to have your hook, right? Not just your blur, but have your hook. But even thinking about, um, again, offering a, a percentage of the novel for free, in, in, uh, and I think that's especially important for new authors, right? Where you know it's really hard for people to take a chance on you, and a lot of new authors, especially if they're doing a series, find that their second book does well and it does sales for the first. But I think you know you've given us a lot of tidbits about you know one marketing yourself, making yourself interesting, so that people are like, oh, okay, I want to know more at your book, making that that punchy and interesting in the beginning, so people have to read forward. So very interesting tips. Yeah, I, I, I pay attention a lot to the marketing. You know, I get lazy sometimes. Or I'm just overwhelmed with either writing or things that are going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll take time off from marketing and then I'll notice a dip in sales. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I get off the couch and, and start doing these interviews and Craigslist ads. And I mean, it's Instagram, like you said, that constant life support. You have to. Yeah, you have to. And you should also know your audience. Mm-hmm. There's another great tool. Um, it's called Publisher Rocket. And it's mm-hmm. one of the few companies that's tied in with the Amazon algorithms. And I forget what it costs. I think it's like 200 bucks or something. But that will help you immensely as far as – so when you're when you're getting your book onto Amazon, right? I mean, you have to upload your book. You have to upload the book cover. You have to price it, mm-hmm. right? But they also want you have to put fill in keywords. Mm-hmm. So when people are searching for different topics, and keywords are very important with books and, and algorithms. So this publisher rocket enables you. You can type in different genres, and it will show you what's and and it's updated every couple of months, so mm-hmm. you can see what's hot. Right, and you can change. You can go into Amazon as much as you want and change the key that your search keywords. So when people are looking for a book your book will come up. Interesting. Again, you've given us so many useful tools, whether to be used on the marketing side, the the marketing side. Um, again, very useful tools. Um, Vic, how can people connect with you, connect with your books if they're listening and they want to know more? Sure. Just go into, the Am- just go into Amazon, go into books, type in my name, Vic Ferrari, like the car. All my books are $10 paperback. That's another mistake authors make, self-published, because I understand you're laying out money yeah. to publish a product. But if you're an unknown, you can outprice yourself. Yeah. So first-time authors, the sweet spot for a paperback, around 200 pages, anywhere from 180 pages to 240 pages, keep it 10 bucks. You'll get two, between 225 to 205 per book. Ebook, if you're an unknown, two ninety nine. That's the sweet spot. 
you know, I get that you laid money out there, but it's better to get something back than get nothing back. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, just go to the Amazon book section. My books will come up on uh, the $10 paperback, $2.99 ebook download. And on social media, you can get a hold of me at Twitter and Instagram at VicFerrari50. Fantastic. So listen, y'all, if you missed any of that, it will be in the episode show notes. So please check that out. Um, Vic, any last stories, right? If there's someone out there, they're listening and they're just like, listen, where do I go from here? How do I, I take this and make something out of it? Any, any words for them? Don't get ripped off. Do your research. And I'll promote this company. They're up in Canada. It's called ebooklaunch.com. Mm -hmm. Don't let the name fool you because they also will help you with a paperback. Unlike the companies that you have to lay out money up front and they promise you a finished product, ebook launch um, does things a la carte. So I start with the book cover. So I have a title and they make you fill out a lengthy form. What's your book about? What do you envision your book cover to look like? And I've never, these guys hit for about 500 bucks. They produce a beautiful ebook and paperback cover. Um, I also use them for editing and they had, and they, they offer different packages. So any writer, I, I, you know, don't send your manuscript to your sister who's a grammar Nazi or your cousin who's like an English major. This guy, I made that mistake with one of my books and, and I quickly corrected it, but they offer you a professional copy edit and then a professional proofread. The it's price needed. is right. Do not skimp on that. Absolutely. No. And people will complain and ding you in, in the reviews. Yes. And then that brings you down. Mm -hmm. And they also offer ebook launch offers. So after you have your manuscript, you know, fully edited, you have the book cover, you have to have it formatted. So when you're going to upload your manuscript or your book into, into the Amazon platform, you want it nice and tight with margins and, Ebook Lunch does that all for you. It's about 178 bucks for uh, an ebook file and a paper book file, and and, and it, it flows seamlessly into Amazon. I've never had a problem, and you're up and running. Fantastic, and also a good reminder: like there's a lot of steps, and so like doing it alone you're a human, you're going to mess up. So sure. being able to have people that have different eyes on it, absolutely, is very smart. Um. Vic, this has been amazing. You've given us so many wonderful tidbits. Um, anything else you want to leave us with before I ask you my last question? No, I want to. I want to thank you for having me on your show. This is a real. I do like between five and ten interviews a week, and this was a really enjoyable one. So, thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you for being an amazing guest and just sharing so many different colorful stories and and, and knowledge in regards to the field. Um, but my last question to you is: I, I love to leave people with a prompt something that inspire them with inspiration that they can use, whether they are writing music, however they show creativity. So if I asked you to share a word or a phrase that we can use, what would it be? I don't know if it would be a word or a phrase, but for first time authors out there, don't write in chronological order. It will frustrate you to no end. You'll get frustrated. You'll walk away from the project and it'll take you forever to write, find a story, it, that you know that's going to be in your book that's going to be enjoyable and easy to tell. Start with that, and then you can go back to it and build around it. People make that mistake the beginning, and they're just sitting there scratching their head. No, go to a story that you can write. And if you're having trouble writing a story, stop and, and tell someone the story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes by telling the story to someone, it unlocks things. 
you can say things a lot of times better than you can write them. And by yeah. speaking out that story to someone, it'll unlock something. And then you'll be, oh, I know what I, I know. I know what'll make this go. Oh, I'm going to take that because sometimes like I will see a scene and then I'm just like, I don't know what happens beyond here. So I'm going to talk about it. So yeah, let's find a friend or yeah. a relative that, that's willing to listen to you and say, let me, let me tell you a story. And just boom, don't even tell them what you're doing. You don't want to be graded on it. Just tell them the story. Also, one of the last things I do before I send my books off for a copy edit and a proofread, and I read through them many, many times, I find a quiet place and I read it out loud like a play. Yeah. And I find so many mistakes that way. Or nope, I get, I, this is a better adjective to throw in there. So just my dog hates it because he starts yelling <laughs> at me because he thinks I've lost my mind. But I'll sit in a room, a quiet room, and I'll just start reading it out loud. Listen, again, thank you so much for, for all the tidbits. Um, listeners, stay tuned to the end of the show. Uh, the prompt, I'm going to share a scene that's just been in my head. I don't know if it's at the beginning, the middle, the end, or where it fits, but I will share a scene that's been in my head. So um, thank you for that prompt, Vic, and you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. I stared down the barrel of the gun raised at my head. My tearful eyes met his cold glare. The gunman smirked as he spoke. Any last words before I blow your journalist brains out? I choked back a whimper. I had no words, only a song. I didn't even clear my throat. I just started singing the parts of Ava Maria that I remember from the Christmas choir. I closed my eyes, not wanting to see the bullet inch closer to my face but it never came. I peeked an eye open and saw his mouth hanging open. I stopped singing. Now for context, I had not sung since the third grade when my chorus teacher, Mr. Finnegan, begged me to stop. He said I sounded like a tortured cat and moose having a love affair. I still don't know what that meant, but I knew I probably should not do it anymore. I'm not sure why it came to mind when a gun was pointed in my face, but it did. Now, back to the story. I opened my other eye and saw his mouth curve. Then the laughter began until he doubled over. Yo, what is that sound? I gotta get Jim. He needs to hear this, said the goon, removing the gun from my head. Before he walked out the door, he turned to me and shook his weapon. When the door closed, I didn't wait for him to realize he had forgotten to tie me up. I just ran to the side door and waved down the first car headed back to the city. Now that that's out the way, let me introduce myself. I'm Emma Clark, story editor and writer at Penn International Journalistic Endeavors.